Dynasty Warriors, released July 1st, 2021. Everyone's favorite Musou series. Not ours, though. <laughs> I'm Dilavento. I'm Nick Nundall. And this is Attract Mode. What is your favorite uh, Musou series, Dylan? None of them. Oh, shit. I've never, I've never played one. Uh, yeah. They never looked particularly fun or engrossing. Right. Define me. a Musou series. You know, not for me, the clearly in the know <laughs> yeah. podcaster uh, yeah. in gaming, uh-huh. uh, but for everyone else. Sure. Uh, Musou, um, it's kind of hard to separate Musou from Dynasty Warriors because Dynasty Warriors is like the de facto in the original Musou game, but it is the style of game where it's like you're playing a single character in like a third person action game and you're like out on a battlefield and you're swinging your sword or weapon or whatever around and you're hitting like a hundred guys at once and they're all like being slammed up into the air and they fall down. It's just very like, yeah, you know, uh, uh, arcadey kind of mashy fun um there might be more depth to it that i than i know but i've never played one of them so i can't speak to that i'm just familiar with like the genre and like the light yeah. trappings that i've seen well i've played hyrule warriors and sure. hyrule warriors age of calamity so i do have that insight into the genre and that's about it like i don't know the lore of uh dynasty Warriors, which the only thing I did know was that it was like loosely inspired by real events, you know, right. like character names are historical figures or legendary figures. I think there's some overlap there. Um, I think it's but, I think uh, it's one to one because every time I googled one of the characters in the movie, it would take me to a Wikipedia page of like the real historical figure. <laughs> you, well, right, but then they have all these legends built up around them. Or like I, I was I was doing a lot of that, too, while watching this, which was made it a lot of fun, actually, to go through and just kind of figure out some real world um, history slash lore, because there are characters in this who are unnamed in history, but they they slotted them in and they're kind of a fictional like, is this person real or was a story written about this person that was then included in, you know, like. It's it's a very vague history, I guess, where it may or may not be real. <laughs> um, specifically, like uh, Dong Zhao's maid um, character, whose name is not a real name. It is just that she is like a, a fill-in character name for someone who may or may not have existed. Right. And I mean, like it, the historical document is kind of like, I mean, it's probably more accurate than something like the odyssey right or it's i mean odyssey is pretty yeah. much an entire fabrication but um, i was gonna say that i don't think was ever intended to be real <laughs> right but i mean like the trojan wars stuff and there's like you know yeah i think historians yeah. go back and forth on whether or not that's real gotcha but yeah it's uh what was it because because dynasty warriors is first an adaptation of a game called romance of the three kingdoms uh, which was an RTS game that Koei Tecmo also made. And then that is an adaptation of the uh, saga of the same. Is that what it's called? Saga of the Three Kingdoms? Well, no. Romance of the Three Kingdoms is the um, is the, like historical saga that 
it oh, was okay. inspired by. Yeah. So All it's right. like a fictional work of history. <laughs> like, you know, the, the Romance of the Three Kingdoms is a fictional retelling of real events. So everything is sort of aggrandized and built up. Right. There's also something called Records of the Three Kingdoms, which is like, I guess, another historical document. Oh, okay. So Romance of the Three, Three Kingdoms is the novel, is the fictionalization. It's you like... Go. You know, when you watch a biopic and it's like, eh, yeah, you know, they fudge some stuff, you know, it's like that. So romance is in a fictional adaptation of Records of the Three Kingdoms, which is the historical account. So now we got all that out of the way. What'd you think of this movie? I, I, first of all, <laughs> this is a part one only <laughs> like this is not a complete movie. It is a lot, a lot of setup and a lot of big action scenes to set up future big action scenes that haven't been shot and produced yet. Sure. So I think it's hard to call this a movie. I think it's, it's almost like part one of a mini series. It feels like, um, or maybe it'll be a mega series. I don't know how many they're planning on making, but, um, that said, I, it was, it was goofy. It was over the top computer, you know, action. Uh, but it was fun. It was, like I said, I had a lot of fun looking up stuff as I was watching it. That made, that added a layer of interest for me. Um, and it was, uh, you know, the action, the action is very hard to follow, but <laughs> it was, it was, a it was an all right time. It was better than just about anything else we've watched on this <laughs> podcast, which is amazing praise <laughs> for this. Um, yeah, I really like this movie cause I thought, I don't know. It was, it was the perfect balance of like dumb action and like the, the effects, are like that Bollywood style where it's just like cartoonish CG that like, yeah, looks pretty fake, but like, I don't know. It still has that charm about it because it's so fake. I mean, yeah, it's very like, you know, Chinese production kind of stuff. Like there's been a lot of movies that come out over the last five to 10 years that have looked like this, um, following like the monkey King storyline and stuff like that. And like, it, it's very oh, much in that. <laughs> well actually the dragon ball movie kind of looks like this too <laughs> but um no uh like the the you know the legends of the monkey king like the the deific figure um coming down to the world and that, that kind of story uh a lot of movies based on those legends and they look very similar to this so it is it's all in line you kind of imagine it as being like one continuous lore um and that's kind of fun uh, but yeah. yeah, it's it's very big and very like like you said, cartoony almost CG, like meant to look photo real, but the quality just kind of makes it look lacking that. <laughs> right. Which I'm okay with. Like I think yeah. I think it allows it, it adds to that fun quality, which I think a lot of like Western uh movies, uh when they do CG, it's always so gruff and, and rigid and rugged and brown. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, this you can't complain about that in this movie. Like some of the some of the landscapes were, but most of the landscapes are these like lush mountain ranges and open fields, uh, very green and uh, blue skies, and like costuming is like I mean, it's obviously inspired by the games, and then in turn real history from that. But like costumes are big and vibrant and very cool. Um, it had a lot going for it visually, even if it is a little cheesy. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I I also want to address the uh you said you're a little disappointed cuz this is obviously setting up another movie. Yeah. 
and that didn't really bother me that much. I thought it was a weird jump um, or a weird cut at the end. But I mean, I don't know. I feel like at this point in the film industry, like everything, it has to be a setup for a sequel or a franchise, right? Like a setup for a sequel where you're like, oh, and a sequel could be coming. That's fine. But this, like, so many characters were introduced in this who did nothing in this film. And they're clearly going to come back in future films um, or they're just name drops because the games have them. I, but I think it's more the former than the latter um, and like conflicts between characters. Like a lot happens that is just setting up a sort of trilogy of main character, a trio of main characters in this movie. They're just like, let's build them up to be players in this arena that is like this epic empire dynasty war uh, that's happening the um, dynasty warriors yes let's set up these dynasty warriors uh to uh rise up and have a position of power within this so like it does tell a story in that sense but it also leaves so much unresolved um and there's just so many characters who aren't like fulfilled in this movie because they have some future role to play um and that's fine you're telling a very long span of history you might need multiple movies to do that. I just want some closure <laughs> and also this podcast to not be <laughs> going on <laughs> forever. <laughs> well, I got bad news for you, Nick. Oh. <laughs> uh yeah. Um I like I got like more than halfway through the film, I started to realize that was what was happening. And then like three quarters of the way through, I was like, well, at least they'll like finish off this villain or they'll do something to close this, not knowing sure. you know, anything about the game or the real history um, and how long things took. And uh, then like at, at like sort sort of just after that point, I was like, they don't they don't have a lot of time left <laughs> to do any of these things that I'm thinking. And the movie the movie has just shifted in tone dramatically at the end. They're not going to do anything. I'm thinking <laughs> like it also kind of dragged in like the third quarter to me. Like there's a part where I was like, okay, like, yeah, that, like we're obviously building towards the climax. Can we just like get to the climax? Yeah. That's the problem with these big, like action, like, like action on this scale kind of movie where you've got like demigod, like characters fighting, uh, just normal, like mundane guys you you have to invariably do like 10 minutes of film where it's just them smacking CG drones around and not like it just feels like a time waster if you have been enveloped in this movie uh the entire time watching them do big cool things like i i i feel like i got tired of it by the time we got to the big climactic battle um so that is the only downside there um with that style but i mean whatever it's a style it's a choice well, let's get into this movie oh boy where does this movie start this movie starts with about two hundred thousand different studio logos <laughs> with so many and they all had their own different flourish there's one that was like in front of like a sunset sky and it was like and then like drew itself out and then this one is like oh it's in the starry background this one's like like underwater and like there's like a, so many of them <laughs> And I guess you need that many to fund a production this big. Um, but let's see. So, yeah, like you said, there there are these kind of like grand sweeping vistas. I got 
very Lord of the Rings vibes from a lot of this. Yeah, in, in multiple in multiple senses, the but sort like of Peter the, Jackson shots, establishing shots. Right. Yeah, yeah, um, and they look good. It was also like a lot of I assume like geography that's native to China that I'm not super familiar with. Like there was like these like kind of finger lake river looking things like kind of like ponds that like stretched across the landscape and like a kind of like a marshy flatland or something like a salt flat i'm pretty sure most of the landscapes we see in this are just computer generated and not real places though they're not oh, you actually think so? i i felt that i don't know if that's true maybe it's hyper saturation lighting or something uh you know post effects but i yeah. i was under the impression that it was not real places necessarily um, which yeah. doesn't mean that there couldn't be real places that those are inspired by that look like that, but it did feel like big CG landscapes to me. Okay. Hard to okay. know. Hard to know. Right. Um, so, and there's also like some, do they put some like text on the screen at this point, like explaining like the background or is that later on? Uh, I can't remember. You're going to have to, you're going to have to well, think to guess it's, that. It's, it's, I don't it's, remember. It's all right. Well, either which way we're kind of set up this premise that there's a battle going on. There are, uh, there's a dynasty, the Han dynasty, um, which this, you know, romance of the three kingdoms takes place like in the Eastern Han dynasty. Um, I think it's like the first or second century AD, something like that in, in China. Um, and you have these uh, soldiers that fight for the Hans, and they're fighting uh, this kind of rebel force called the Yellow Turbans, which is this offensive? Uh, yeah, I wondered that, too. Uh, it, who calls them the Yellow Turban? I mean, I know in the, in the scene it is someone who is a, in opposition to them, but do they also call themselves the Yellow Turbans? Because then it's fine. Like, I think if the leader, that's how they identify the themselves. Does. Sure, but I mean, like, one step removed, like, the creators of the game also call them the Yellow Turbans, I would assume, because they're probably an enemy in in Dynasty Warriors. It was just, it was just, it was just kind of weird. Um, yeah. Describing them that way. But they're in a fight. Uh, we have the opposing sides, and then the leaders of both opposing sides, uh, kind of like your hero units, if you would. And on the Han side, we have Dong Zhao, um, this big big dude just like big stout dude riding on this horse and he has like a giant like cleaver sword kind of thing and he's just like whipping it around um hitting dudes and then on the other side you have kind of like this kind of kind of master of the mystic arts kind of dude who is like standing up on like a ridge above mm-hmm. the battle and he like has like a altar bunch of and yeah yeah and he's like you know throwing powder into into braziers um and the hans seem like they're like kind of like kind of resoundly like kicking the 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 opposing forces asses right um and then the the leader on their side uh, i think i have his name uh zhang zhao mm-hmm. um he like casts a spell and this is when that Bollywood magic just like immediately like kicks in the overdrive. He like casts a spell. It's like a Tinkerbell like trail that like shoots out <laughs> yeah. from him and stuff. And it like hits all of the yellow turban forces and like powers them up and then like raises up the guys that have fallen. And so now they're fighting like zombie dudes uh, and shit. And they're in the and they're all freaking out and they're like biting the, the Han soldiers. And then we get a shot. Look. To the east on the third day by first light. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, we have kind of our our protagonist, our protagonist group of of the movie, uh, comprised of Lu Bei, Guan Yu, and Zhang Fei. And so the pretty one, uh, the Gandalf one, and the fat one. Yeah. Okay. I guess so. I guess so. I mean, Guan Yu is basically like the there's the, definitely the wizened yeah, guy. Yeah. Okay. I, I can get with that. And then the fat one is the the Gimli, the the like. Yes, I'm, yes, I'm tough and I'm strong and I'm yeah. But we we should definitely clarify that like all of these character tropes would have far preceded any European fiction, like, you know, and Tolkienism and that kind of thing. Like all of that stuff, you know, sort of evolves from the stories probably more than, more than is a parallel to them. Um, Yeah. Yeah. They have their own deal. Uh, But yeah, yeah. You got tough guy, you got like super like wizened old warrior and you have handsome young prince that, yeah. We call, we call them wizened, but also like the actor, plainly looks like he can't be any older than 35 (laughs) he just he just has a long wispy beard that's it yeah yeah um and then also uh zhang fei (laughs) has like the fakest fat suit ever yes it's like it's like an inner tube around his abdomen just one big belly um, I did find out yeah. in just like looking at IMDb trivia that he did put on 15 pounds to play the role. So he bulked up a little oh, bit <laughs> and then they were like, yeah, not you're not fat enough. Martial artist who put on 15 <laughs> pounds. We're going to give you this big dumb belly. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. silly. Um, and also he doesn't get a lot of like speaking lines, which is a shame because I feel like they could have done a lot with that character. Not knowing anything about him from the games, but he just seemed like, oh, this like. Maybe not make him a comic relief, but make him like the kind of the hothead and, and do stuff and get him in trouble or whatever. But he just kind of like, you know, sneers in the background most of the movie. So just a real quick interrupt. I, I happened to look it up while we were talking here. The Yellow Turban Rebellion is the historical name for the event that this battle is representing. Uh, they are also sometimes translated as the Yellow Scars Rebellion. They were literally led by zhang zhao no no word in this article if he was secretly a necromancer um, <laughs> but but well someone's not doing the research yeah. then these historians but yeah it really need to get it on it the is game. uh it is a uh secret typing taoist society rebellion that um that actually occurred which i think is probably true of most of this movie like there's you start with a nugget of truth yeah. and then you expand to fiction fantasy so um right so we we probably don't have to question the names they they know what they're doing okay okay that's fair thank you for looking that up <laughs> and, and and enlightening yeah. us um so what do we what do we call the group of Lu Bei, guan yu and zhang fei that's like, a good question uh the heroes the warriors three yeah, the warriors, <laughs> sif and the warriors three um yeah i i don't know i just call them the heroes the the trio of heroes okay. yeah I feel like they give him a name at some point like it's like the three brothers or something because they they refer to each other as as blood brothers um so they go down uh down into the valley where this fight's happening and they just resoundly just start destroying the enemy forces <laughs> because hey we're the protagonists and we got video game powers and this is when it's i love how much it one-to-one replicates the attacks from the dynasty warriors game it's like yeah he just you know 
the fucking Lube just like comes down. He swings his sword around, and it just there's just like a big energy slash appears in the air, and it like picks up fifty guys and then slams them back down on the ground. And like, there's no indication that they're dead, but they don't get up. <laughs> yeah. But they just, but they just go. They just go. Ah! Ah! And like, and that's it. Those enemies are done. Yeah, I I do like that. I think they are unabashedly a video game movie because I think more video game movies should lean in on it. Not necessarily with this like quality production level of of graphics, but like just do the moves from the game so that you can see that it is in fact you know the thing that you've related to in the game. I'm I'm down with that. Um, and that continues throughout the whole movie. That is not just for this like opening battle. It is a constant stream of game moves in, to it. in live action. Yeah. Um, so they engage with Zhang Yao. Um, they have kind of like, or Lu Bei has kind of like a, a fight with him on his altar. Um, I think he manages to stab Zhang Zhao um, at some point, but Zhang Zhao gets away and rides off and tells all of his forces to retreat. So they retreat and, uh, uh, Dong Zhao uh, or Dong Zhou uh, kind of celebrates their victory and he's like, Thank you, like warriors that you know helped us. What is your and this is interesting? He asks them, What is your rank in the in the military? Mm-hmm. And they say, Oh, we don't have one. And then he's just kind of like brushes them off. He's like, Okay, like whatever. Yeah. Like these are just kind of like random. It's such a weird thing that repeatedly happens throughout this movie. Like you see these these deific level demigod battlers killing swaths of people, but you're like, Oh, but you don't have social status. (laughs) (laughs) You're not part of the aristocracy. You're not part of the military. Why? What good are you? I don't care if you can kill a hundred guys in a single slash. So this next part is real weird to me. So they do another kind of, b-roll of sweeping vistas at this point they do definitely put some text on the screen and in this text they explain away that zhang zhao dies yeah <laughs> just like uh, he's like yeah he died we, we don't later. need to get into that yeah um and then that the yellow turban forces fell but the han dynasty was too weak to maintain peace so that created a power vacuum and a bunch of local warlords took over they then talk about these 10 eunuchs that rose to power and they're never mentioned again in the movie like i thought they were going to be like the main antagonistic force never referenced again in the movie yeah and that is a thing this movie does a bunch of times is just like establishes historical context not because it is narratively impactful but just because well it happened so we got to say it like there's a lot of that throughout the film film as well you think there's like a lot of uh big dynasty warriors or three kingdoms fans are just like excuse oh me you didn't you didn't mention that, that, that i am certain yeah john I mean, yao died after the the, the fight well it's because it's got this like sort of weird extra layer of of nerd interest because it's not just something some guy made up right it is when when you are anchored to reality you have more accountability of your your nonsense which is weird because they're clearly heightened beyond reality. Um, but you're going to need those anchors to kind of keep it like tied to something that people latch onto, I guess. So I, I think there are probably fans who are super nerdy and, and would pick it apart if they didn't. Yeah. And mm-hmm. set the tone and tell exactly when things happen and things like that. So now we get to, we go back to 
wherever the capital is of the Han Dynasty, right? Just where we're at the random capital, capital city. Um, and apparently, uh, Dong Zhou, who was the general from the previous scene, is now doing like a a coup. Not really a coup. He is he is he is deposing the current prince, mm-hmm. uh, and in, instead installing his younger brother who is like a little kid like like the first guy was already a kid and they kick him off the throne and then bring in an even younger kid and i guess <laughs> dong Zhao was kind of like well i couldn't control that kid so we're gonna control this other kid um and i think he like makes the queen regent kind of like a hostage in a way um to like help help control the prince but basically it's a puppet government where Dong Zhou is is actually the one in charge, but he they they need a figurehead. They need someone from the Han uh, dynasty in place so that everyone everyone doesn't doesn't question and try to try to overthrow him. Um, and he has like a kind of like a back and forth. There's like a court, like there's literally there's there's a physical court, and then there's what's referred to as the Han court, which are basically I guess all the advisors and whatever i get or the legislators i think he refers to as chancellors so it's like there's there's also governors at one point so like provinces have their own leadership and i don't know right there's a whole hierarchy yeah right i don't know the the socio-political uh ins and outs (laughs) of of historical china um and then we also see this guy who will become a bigger character later uh his character zhao zhao um or uh uh sao 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 yeah which is spelled c-a-o-c-a-o yeah that's the character we're talking about okay yes Um, yes and he is kind of in the court and then he kind of like makes his leave uh when he's seeing all this happen because like a couple of the old chancellor dudes is like you can't do this and then dong's like okay we'll kill those guys and uh he's like i (laughs) would rather not die here (laughs) yeah (laughs) we'll get we'll get this show on the road um we then cut to uh, this man Wang Yun, who is like another elderly dude, uh, wherever his estate is, and he's complaining about Dong. We then get a Dong. We get a cut to Dong sexually assaulting the queen. Yeah, a lot which of is uh, not <laughs> great. Like I mean, like I guess for narrative purposes, saying this guy up to be an asshole, but he is like right inappropriately we, touching this woman. We're supposed to hate him, and they are gonna make us hate him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, but there it's just a bunch of old men basically complaining about this guy and not really doing anything about it. But um, Sao Sao is there and he's like, you fucking old men, you're not going to fucking do anything. And then he flips a table. He's like, oh, I'm so angry about this whole thing. I'm going to flip this table and I'm going to walk out. Um, so it's kind of like setting. I, I think this is kind of interesting just because like we don't see a lot of like well done political intrigue in any of these movies. And I'm not saying this is amazing, but like, but it is there. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of characters who go back and forth on their alliances, or at least pretend to. Um, and and again, a lot of this movie is set up for future movies where they're gonna change alliances too, which I accidentally found out by reading up on in the wiki. Wow, wow, a little cool. bit. Yeah, yeah. Assuming it follows the historical precedent, which I think it will. Um, some things are coming, but. Well, the thing is, so the person that wrote Romancing of the Three Kingdoms, um, they haven't finished all the books yet, so they're only like five books in, and they're still waiting on like the last two or so. So, like, hopefully the movies don't like get all the way up to them and then go past what they're writing, because then you know they're gonna have to like kind of 
write some stuff from whole cloth and who knows the internet's which way are you go. alive <laughs> <laughs> this guy doesn't know what he's talking about <laughs> what is he's just making up facts <laughs> uh yeah well the real mistake was was hiring uh the two the the D and D guys from <laughs> to direct and write this series. So then we, this, okay. So this next part gets really confusing. So now we get to a cut to the three brothers, and they are like fighting with some local government official for something. They're like looking for work or something. I don't even remember this. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, so they're all they're 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 in a they've they've um gotten a meeting with the local governor of whatever province they're in and uh says Lu Bei has been like framed for something it's not clear but then he says he is a descendant of like a prince from the han dynasty so he is like he has royal blood or whatever mm-hmm. and the governor gets pissed and he's like you can't you can't you like you can't lie about royal lineage like that's not <laughs> something you could do um so he's like going to punish him and um, we then get a cut to that that government official that was going to punish Lu Bei being strung up on a tree and being like whipped by the other two brothers by uh, Guan Yu and Zhang Fei, and then he's like, "You can't do this! I'm, I'm a respected official." Um, and then like they get into a fight with a bunch of Han soldiers, and mm. Lu Bei's like, "If you guys kill any of the soldiers, I'm not leaving." Because I guess he wants I, the the other two brothers want to like get him out of whatever city they're in. It's really weird. I don't know why it's here. It's just yeah. It's somehow blanked out of my mind that this whole scene happened. Yeah, I mean, um, it's, it's almost it, it feels like an inciting action for them to like be to to reintegrate with the rest of the story. Um, because given the time jumps that happen at the end of the movie. I feel like there are unstated time. I mean, like we saw that, right? Because like with yeah. the text well, they're crawl, traveling like, and stuff too. So yeah. Right. So it's like this might be over the course of months or maybe like a year and a half or something. So like we know some time has passed and maybe like they've gotten in some into some shenanigans or problems in their mm-hmm. in their travels, and this is what the culmination of that is. Um, if only we read the book. <laughs> yeah. This would all make sense. We got into these these deep historical information texts, and then maybe we would understand all of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they decide that they're going to go to uh, this place called Heroes Peak because Lu Bei has also come out and said that like I I don't like Dong. He uh, you know he has betrayed this country. We shouldn't have let him live when we had that battle yeah whenever that was um and they hear hear tell of a resistance force that is collecting at this place called heroes peak and they're going to travel there and try to group up with whatever resistance is building to take out uh dong um and so then we get another kind of uh Travel montage, Lord of the Rings style, a lot of sweeping vistas, a lot of a lot of characters that are really really tiny, um, walking across grand landscapes. They then walk through a forest, and this is where like the real big Lord of the Rings analog happen because they just seemingly end up in Lothlorien. <laughs> 
All right, yeah, I can see that being a comparison. Uh, did did Tolkien rip off all of this from here? <laughs> you got the yeah, fellowship the forming, everything. and uh, yeah. there's no ring though, unfortunately. Yet, maybe in the future. <gasps> um, but uh, yeah, um, so this is like, I mean, do they do they sleep here or do they just wake up here later after this? They experience? wake up there later, so they're okay. walking through this. So forest they just walk forest. into it. Yeah, it's like magical, and then like fog starts filling in. Yeah, and then they put then they put a a a blue gradient over the lens. <laughs> well, there's also like like starry night sky through the trees, and like sure. Um, like but before that is... happens, oh like, okay. Like when when they're first commenting on the fog, it's like it's getting really foggy in this forest. Like we can barely see where we're going. Gotcha. It's like plainly like lit the exact same way, like you know, shot for day. But then they just put a big blue filter on it. Um, but yeah, they they end up in this mystical realm that is referred to as the sword castle um and there is this woman here do they ever give her a name she's kind of like unidentified woman yeah i think she just says like she she is the one who hands out these weapons but she never specifically says welcome to my shop my memory or if she says it she says it once and they move on and it didn't land with me (laughs) yeah so they uh so this part of the movie is real weird because it's it's basically a big info dump yes that's done relatively well but the only reason it's done well is because it is a flashback that is so long you forget it's a flashback exactly i was so confused and i messaged you during while i was watching it because i was like i don't I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this podcast. I don't know what's going on in this movie. And then like, as soon as I said that they went back to them in this sword palace and I like sort of cleared some things up for me. And I was like, Oh, Oh, right. But it's like, (laughs) these guys are in the right. Right. But they have this big flashback and they're like every, like maybe 15 minutes or so they cut back to the brothers and the woman in the sword cast. And like, Oh, to remind you. Oh, Okay yeah right okay this is still a flashback it is like the majority of the movie it feels like though or yeah at least more, or like major plot elements happen it's like they took one movie and then just in the middle of it they cut it and they yeah. took a separate movie and put it in there and then stitched it together but so they kind of cover some stuff in here first off um we get uh uh our introduction to lubu which mm-hmm. if you remember last episode alex warned us to uh to avoid Lubu. Do not pursue Lubu. Isn't that the meme? That's the meme. And uh, he doesn't get as much of a kind of uh, long-winded uh, introduction, but it's basically like, hey, he showed up at the sword castle once and he took took one of my weapons, the, the heavenly hal- halberd. Um, yeah, which I... Uh, the weird thing here is that she's like, everyone who comes here is destined to come here and is destined to get a weapon. Like, it's almost like... You can't steal from it because if you're there, fate demanded that you be there. But then she's like, he stole a weapon. (laughs) It's like, wait, what? How? How could he accidentally end up there or like inappropriately end up there if it's this sort of heavenly divine, you know, fate plan? He broke Um, into the sword castle and. Did he? I I can't quite understand. Like, was he destined to be there or did he steal his destiny? You know? Um. And in which case, I'm kind of on his side. <laughs> like, shouldn't be deciding who gets superpowers. Um, and then the other person they introduce, um, they they introduce for real, um, Sao Sao, um, 
who like was only shown unnamed before when he was in the the Han court and mm-hmm. Lu Bei is like, have you heard of this person named Zhao Zhao? And it's like, well, I haven't heard of that person. Me, the audience member. Yeah. This seems like a really weird way to introduce this because apparently I'm supposed to have the same knowledge as the protagonist, but I guess not. So, okay, ready for this. And so this is where we get this giant flashback of of his um, kind of, uh, you know, we're leading him from when he flipped a table to now. Yeah. Um, it gets pretty wild. <laughs> it does. So he he reconvenes with the old guy whose table he flipped later on that night. And the old guy's like, no, I'm actually on your side. I just need to make a big show. So the other people here, in case there are any like dong sympathizers, um, which, yeah, definitely sounds like a euphemism for something, um, is uh, make sure they don't hear us talking about this because, you know, this is treasonous. And he gives them this knife. And he says, this knife is magic. It's like the seven star knife. And this knife is magical and it can cut through steel as if it were Mm -hmm. mud. And I'm like, that doesn't sound like a very good knife because like mud, like it's easy to get stuff stuck in mud. Yeah, but if I could get a weapon even stuck in your weapon and just jack up your weapon, that would be pretty good. (laughs) Oh, you got your weapon in my weapon. (laughs) Yeah, you got your chocolate in my peanut butter. Yes, Nick, that's what I was referencing. Well, okay, <laughs> Dick. <laughs> I thought I was playing along. I'm just giving you shit. Um, the, uh, so they conspire this plan that Zhao Zhao is going to go to uh, the capital, to the palace, and he's going to um, hold court with Dong or have a private meeting with him, and he's going to assassinate him. So that's the plan. So he goes to... Uh, meet up with him. Um, they have a grand old time. Lu Bu is there. Lu Bu looks kind of suspicious, which they really drive home to let you know that Lu Bu is suspicious of Xiao Xiao. Yeah. But in spite of being like on edge and aware that, that he's going to be up to something, he still leaves the room and doesn't do anything about what is happening. Yeah. Um, does he have some sort of future sense or is he just like, well, if he kills this guy, whatever, uh-huh. <laughs> I'll just let it happen. Like, I wonder what his thought process was in that moment, because it seems very like <laughs> it just, it seems very like laissez faire. Like he just doesn't care what happens. Sure. He's like, I'm aware, but I'm I'm watching you kind of going to be right back. <laughs> I'm also curious why Lubu, someone like Lubu would, follow dong given dong is like they constantly he he has this sorry to keep making comparisons to western fantasy stuff but it's what it's what you know yeah yeah that's fair um but he has this very kind of robert baratheon vibe about him now where he's just like big and fat and he's constantly has like concubines surrounding him or whatever and he has like this giant bed this canopy bed where he constantly has women like either feeding him or playing with him or whatever um and so if I was Lubu, this like toughened, grizzled demigod of a warrior, why would I follow this jackass? Yeah. I mean, I guess you assume it's about like power, like he's giving him enough power. But like you said, sure. he is like a demigod. He could take that power for himself. And I think that's probably an effect of translating realistic storytelling where he wasn't actually a demigod and couldn't take all of the power for himself in that way. 
um, and had to serve under someone. Um, but, uh, but it just fails to translate. Or maybe Lubu's more of a, 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 he's more of a fighter than he wants to be like a politician or a ruler or anything like that. Um, so Lubu leaves, uh, Zhao Zhao and Dong hang out. Um, they're having a grand time. Uh, Dong falls asleep. Um, which is really rude when you're keeping company and Zhao Zhao is like, all right, it's now my time to strike. And he pulls out the seven star knife and he's going to, he, he raises it up over his head, standing over the, the, the fallen asleep Dong. And he's about to stab him with it. Like he's mud. And then Dong wakes up. And if I were to wake up and and for even for a brief second see someone holding a knife pointed down at my body, and then that person were to then switch to a pose of him kind of ceremonially holding the the knife up to present it. Nothing suspicious here, sir. I think and I feel like he also acknowledged it. He was like, What are you doing? And yes. he's like, Oh, I'm just I'm I'm giving this to you. It's like that was not what the pose you were doing i'm just waiting for you to wake up so i could give you this gift of this magic sword dagger <laughs> this gift of murder yeah which i thought in this next moment was really good like potential foreshadowing for something to happen he's like oh you don't believe that it can cut through steel like mud why don't you try it out um and he like slices through the air and you see a mirror reflecting on cow cow chow 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 uh chow chow and when it uh reflects like or you know where the the reflection is it's cut in half and it like you know slides off and i was like oh this is like foreshadowing he's gonna kill this guy eventually like this is just a a preparing us for that no i mean maybe in a future movie but not in this one um but uh yeah so he he just plays it off he's like oh i wasn't gonna kill you this is just your knife isn't it great and then um, he's like, well, anyways, got to go. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I don't know. We saw Dong in battle. I mean, he felt like he could hold his own. Yeah. But I mean. I mean, apparently he was historically a, a great warlord. And that is maybe why Lubu did align with him was that he's also a big, powerful warlord. But I think my thing is like, even if he had just woken up. Yeah. Just stab into him. Just. Yeah. Just do it. You have a knife that will like puncture its way through into the couch he's sleeping on just go all the way leave no evidence except for this bleeding dead body i mean you were gonna leave that anyway yeah um so yeah zhao zhao takes his leave lubu you know passes him in the hallway and lubu comes into the room and uh lubu's like what's that it's like oh he gave me this cool knife you see this knife i, lo- I love this knife like, he's gonna kill you you know <laughs> yeah yeah Luke was like he was gonna he was gonna fucking kill you um and dog's like what <laughs> i love his response he's like why would he want to kill me i gave him a horse <laughs> <laughs> which he does he goes out into the courtyard and there's a horse there waiting for zhao zhao and zhao zhao's like all right just need to just ride this horse out and we'll be okay and then uh at that point lubu's like nope he was gonna kill you which how did he know? Again, not only how does he know, because I feel like you could read the suspicion, but also he was going to kill you and I left. <laughs> I was fine <laughs> with right. it. But now that he's about to get away, let's go after him. So they alert all the guards like as 
uh, Zhao Zhao is like making his way like through the the different tiers out of the palace, and they then line a bunch of archers on the palace walls and just shoot him constantly with arrows, and he gets hit like twice, which seems like way too little number of arrows. Right, right. For, for the scores of arrows that were launched in his direction, the emperor's uh. Emperor's archers are not well trained. <laughs> hmm. The Emperor's new archers. The Emperor's new archers. They're actually invisible. <laughs> <laughs> um and so uh Lubu then gets on a horse. Uh what's his horse name? It's like Red Mare. No rem- no memory of the name. <laughs> Red Scare. Lubu very anti communist. Um and he gives chase to uh Zhao Zhao. They have this fight in this forest, which is a pretty fucking cool fight. <laughs> They're like on a horseback. Red hair, apparently. Red like hair. A rabbit. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so they have this fight in this forest. Uh, Lubu's like demigod, magical blood ore, which they they said earlier that the the we're still in the flashback, by the way, in case that you know, in case we <laughs> forgot. Um. <laughs> Uh, all the weapons all the weapons in the sword castle are made from this thing called blood ore and they get more powerful with the number of you know enemies they defeat or draw blood from which is a pretty good xp system (laughs) i like it implement that in one of my games you kill things and you level up um he also has like thor lightning powers yeah the the power sets do not ever get like fully constructed like it seems like they can do anything in any moment and right. I, I think it i'm sure it is tied to like a power set that is locked in and explained in the games um but as a casual viewer not aware of the games it does seem like oh they're just magic and they can do whatever they need to in any right. moment i mean at least they're like consistent which with like their elemental attunement between sure. the different weapons yeah, but it is funny just, to, s- yeah. to see him be able to like he's like he shatters zhao zhao's uh, sword at one point i think that was in this right or was that in another fight where like someone's sword gets shattered and then like the other the person whose sword got shattered like jumps up in the air and he like telekinetically like takes all the shards and like throws them at the other person there are so many action moments that i could have easily missed that happening but yeah, yeah i remember yeah. that happening i don't remember where it was um but basically this fight culminates with like I think Zhao Zhao like gets backed into like the edge of a cliff or something or like they're on a ridge line and Lubu just takes his halberd and just slams the handle into the ground and it just causes a massive schism on the side of this mountain and just collapses that part that Zhao Zhao was on and he just falls into this huge ravine that's been created in this huge landslide and it's like and Lubu like looks he's like yeah yeah, he's yeah, yeah he's I'm pretty cool. He's, <laughs> he's he's dead. He's dead, and I'm cool. It does seem like I, I a lot of the times throughout this movie, I was just thinking, why does anyone other than these demigods get into a battle? Right, because like if if I am a single soldier and someone can destroy a mountain with a single strike, there's just no way Fuck I'm that. sticking around. Yeah, I'm out of there, and also. Like, why would you want to recruit 
uh, army if you can just destroy an entire army and your opponents can also do similar things. Like, just don't have an yeah. army. Just deal deal with it like every other fighting game movie we watch where there is no army. And I know they, that wouldn't be in the theme of this, uh, and nor is it historically well, also, consistent. Also, there are militaries like, in the other fighting game movies we watch. They just right. have oh, that's true. That's true. little to no effect <laughs> yeah. on anything. Yeah, that's true. Um, but it does seem like a lot of these fights could be handled more as like one-on-one battles. It would not fit the theme. I understand that. Uh, but I just don't understand the, the logistical point of these powerful figures doing it any other way. Right. So at this point, you're thinking, oh, okay, that's a pretty good conclusion to a flashback. <laughs> yeah. Flashback should be over, right? And you'd be wrong. Yes. Um, so then we get this extended part about, all right, obviously Zhao Zhao didn't die because, you know, of course he didn't. Um, he gets washed up on the side of the river. These peasants find him. They take him back to their house. They nurse him back to health. He is recovering. Um, I guess uh, 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 Lu Bu reports back to Dong and Dong you know, in, in the one like actual intelligent thing he's done so far is like, he's definitely not dead. Like you didn't see a body. He's not (laughs) fucking dead. Um, so he puts out wanted posters dead or alive for Zhao Zhao all over the, the province, um, or the kingdom. Um, and in a pretty good, uh, upstaging of like conventions, the peasants that he's staying with actually sell him out. Instead of being like the noble is like, oh, we're strangers, but like, you know, I have this this noble, you know, uh, morality about myself. So I'm going to protect you, even though I, I barely know you. And then that becomes its own thing. It's like, nope, we're poor. I need some money. Who the fuck are you? I don't care about this fucking political bullshit. Going to sell you out. Um, so because of that, uh, Zhao Zhao goes on the run again. Um. No, 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 no. Yeah, I'm, he doesn't. He doesn't go on the run. He gets he gets imprisoned and then brought before the governor, the local governor of whatever province they're in now. And the governor's like, you know, you are now famed as an assassin, like, and we're gonna execute you. Uh, and then we're gonna take your head to to Dong, um, and then I'll be rewarded. And then uh, they kind of have this back and forth. Um, where it's 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 kind of hard to explain but basically Zhao Zhao now believes his only purpose in life is to you know defeat Dong depose yeah right um and you think like that's pretty noble and it, and it also sways uh the 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 governor to his side where he is like I I have these ambitions that are, you know, about restoring right. peace and order and all this stuff. And all you care about is money. So if all you care about is money, kill me and let this be done. Um, but others will probably rise to my cause and because of my martyrdom and all this stuff. And he says, a swallow cannot fathom an eagle's dream to this governor. <laughs> Which is a pretty good dunk on yeah, like yeah keep that one in your back pocket the intelligence of this governor uh, and his aspirations, um, but so the governor is so moved by all of this he chooses to uh, not only 
let Zhao Zhao go, but join him. So he's like, I'm giving I'm because because I am letting you go. Like obviously, like now my life is forfeit, and so I might as well come with you. But also, I believe in your cause so much that we should travel together to figure out a way to depose Dong. So they head out on the road together. Um, and by this point, we're like 20 minutes into this goddamn flashback. And you're like, all right, it's got to be wrapping up now. And that's going to bring us into the next scene. And it doesn't. <laughs> no. Um, this is just like, well, we had no better way to like lay out all this story for you. So we're going to do it in this poorly, you know, planned out flashback. Um, they, they then go to a relative of Zhao Zhao's to like lay low and like kind of plan their next move. And do you want to do you want to do you want to lay this part out? What a wild what a wild scene this turns out to be. <laughs> so they get there and the guy's like, hey, we're you know, so I guess they you're saying family because they have this like they use different names. They call them like Mengda or something like that in this, I think. Right. Like, yeah, that's like because like, there's different types of uh, like family ways, names versus ways of addressing people. Yeah. Proper names or something like that. So they're like, hey, you know. I, I owe your father, you know, kindness, uh, and I'm going to pay that to you. I'm going to take care of you. Don't worry about it. We're going to feed you. We're going to set you up. Everything's going to be great. Um, I don't fully understand what triggers things to go bad here other than, like, panic and suspicion. But uh, Zhao Zhao and his governor buddy are sleeping, and while they're sleeping does he have a bad dream is that what happens or is it like some kind of sorcery going on <laughs> i think he has a bad dream and he wakes up but yeah like and then what informs the rest of it i think he has like some sort of weird blood craze or misinterpretation you think it's uh, so what, what would cause the blood craze like i get the misinterpretation part i know i was gonna get well into i that. think he's so on edge and like is so yeah. distrustful of everyone um and they do this like red filter over everything to like yeah. indicate like his, okay. his his mental emotional state so what i couldn't figure out was if there was some inciting incident that i missed or if it is literally just he is so on edge he peeks out the window because he, he overhears some guys talking and they're like Shh, don't wake him up you know you, you gotta be quiet or it'll uh i think he, he he like they call them pigs they're like don't don't wake them up when we're slaughtering the pigs or something like that um and uh he interprets that to mean like himself and his buddy and he looks around and like one guy's sharpening a knife and um he, basically he oh and also we should say the father who is like the one who was like so courteous to him and was like you stay here and and we'll take care of you uh i'm gonna go get some wine to celebrate so he leaves and he thinks it's actually the sons of that guy who are, are gonna kill him um, right and he thinks the the father's actually going to alert the authorities yeah, and start right, getting wine right so <laughs> he like immediately goes into a like death frenzy killing each and every one of these dudes sons and like one of them like stands up with the knife because he's sharpening it at the wheel and he's like nope i get you you're coming at me i'm gonna kill you and just like cuts that dude in half and like also women um maybe children yeah like all, all the the rel- all the relatives that are they're living in this just literally know, murders everyone in this house and uh <laughs> then after his blood frenzy is over his buddy is like 
what have you done? You just killed all these innocent people. And it like replays all of the things we've just seen, except you can see like the red filter is gone and you can see like a little zoom in closer to the fear in people's eyes and things. And the pigs nearby that were actually for slaughter for the feast and were not him and his buddy. Um, so what a left field moment where you're like kind of with this guy. You're like, all right, he failed to kill the bad guy but he's making his life all about it he's on a a, like a holy mission of self recovery oops i murdered a bunch of peasants (laughs) whoopsies which i think is pretty good like as as like a narrative like structure i think it's like it's a little hackneyed but i think it's like oh like finally like something that's not totally predictable Right, predictable, linear, like a straight shot. Like, like this guy's life is this roller coaster currently, you know, set off by personal choices and also like the current, you know, you know things that are happening with like the the greater world. Um, and but what's I mean, weird is that it doesn't feel like it continues to be a thread with him, where he is sort of paranoid and crazy, mm. or that he's like learned from this to it it just feels kind of senseless to me like sure. i mean as a as a scene on its own it's wild it threw me like so out of the you know out of gear of where i was at and i was invested <laughs> in what the hell was the flashback in. yeah i was like what the hell is happening but it doesn't pay off in any way it just is this wild scene um, and then the worst thing, the worst thing he does is he's like, shit, you're right. I did kill all these innocent people. Let's get out of here. And on the road while walking out runs into the father who's like, Hey, you're leaving without saying goodbye. I got us wine. What's your problem? And he's like, um, Hey, you're a good friend. I gotta go. I gotta get out of here. <laughs> and then he tells him it's not safe to harbor a fugitive like some dire moral warning <laughs> slash I didn't kill your family. It must be somebody else. He didn't, he didn't, he was going to try to not tell him, which is human. Like I could get, if you accidentally <laughs> murder a whole family, <laughs> if you're ever in this situation, <laughs> I can understand not wanting to tell. Uh, but this is this guy's whole family. And you're like going to just play it off and act like it didn't happen. And then finally, he he sort of comes to a realization in talking to this guy who's like, you can't go. Um, he's like, shit, you know what? You've been a really, really good friend. I can't lie to you. I just murdered everyone you love. <laughs> and, then, and then he stabs that dude because he can't have that dude hate him <laughs> and go yeah. tell everybody where he's been and everything. It is dark and wild. I... I mean, I was into it. I was into it. That's hilarious to me, given how you are not like the horror movie guy or anything. And I am. And I was just like, what the fuck? If they set this guy up as a villain and I spoilers, no, let me not not even spoilers (gasps) because I don't know. I assume that's where we're headed is that he's going to become more villainous in future movies. Um, But like it just again, so much of this movie is set up. This is a, a, a plot element dropped here that needs to pay off later, but doesn't pay off in this movie. Um, but yeah, he just kills that guy. And then even worse, God, it just it like continues to devolve. And at least we have uh, the, like the governor character here. Who's like able to comment on how this shit's going wrong. Um, 
as it devolves, he's like, well, I had to kill him because otherwise, you know, he'd, he'd be my enemy and he'd tell people and it would be, you know, even worse. Um, and the governor is like, all right, well, we do need to bury them because it's real fucked up and we got to at least honor them if they have to die for our cause. And he's like, no time. <laughs> yeah, he just becomes completely nihilist where he's just like, yeah. none of this matters, like fucking funeral rites, last rites, funeral rituals. None of that shit matters. All that matters he, is he the says mission. a very true thing, which is like, well, funerals are for the living, like, <laughs> and there's no one left alive. So fuck them. <laughs> we, we killed everyone in that family. There's no way that anyone could mourn. <laughs> it's so dark. It's pretty dark. Um, so he he heads on and does that pretty much wrap up the flashback like at that point it's like now that you've seen where he's going you know where you need to go uh well the last thing they do is that they end up in a forest and the governor while zhao zhao is sleeping thinks he's going to he's like i should kill this guy because this guy's no good he's batshit yeah this guy might be truly evil um a re- he's a real daenerys targaryen right oh <laughs> The governor's been reading the books. He's really excited. <laughs> Don't spoil anything for him. You know, you know, they talk about this, you know, the bad Targaryens and how they all go crazy. But I'm glad that Daenerys is like that, you know. Oh, Don't boy. spoil anything for me. Oh, boy. Um, I keep hearing about bells. What's all this about bells? Um, they, yeah, so they, the governor, while Zhao Zhao is sleepy, he's like, I'm going to kill this guy. And then he picks up a knife. As he brings it down, cut the black, cut back up the knife is embedded in a tree and zhao zhao wakes up and sees it and he's like coward couldn't even do it and yeah he calls him pathetic and then he immediately after says you're my best friend (laughs) (laughs) he's gone now right like he left after he tried to do that right but he's like talking to no one in particular and like you know saying words meant for that guy even though that guy's not there and uh He's like, pathetic. You can't even kill me. How could you be expected to stop a rebellion? Hey, dude, you couldn't kill Dong Zhao when you had the chance. Yeah, you fucked up. Who is pathetic in this if that's the case? But also then he's like, you'll never know that you were my best friend ever. (laughs) You pathetic (laughs) son of a bitch. (laughs) You absolute scum. I loved you so much. Uh, and then and then the mists come in they swirl into the forest he gets teleported to the sword castle uh and he gets given the the general sword yeah that's yeah the average sword it's very (laughs) nondescript sword yeah yeah um and doesn't the the woman the the keeper of the 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 castle yeah say say something like the effect of like you are the most like powerful of us all or you're like she says something to him yeah like if he's destined to be with the sword and the sword is like the weapon that can change you know this whole situation (laughs) this Mm -hmm. this can really change the situation uh this uh this will bring jersey shore back this weapon may be able to defeat lubu or maybe able to stop uh dong like it it could change the empire so with him being destined for it because the sword chooses you like you do not go there and pick your weapon, which maybe that's the difference with Lubu. Maybe he just took the one he wanted instead of it choosing mm-hmm. him. But the idea is the sword or that the blade of whatever kind chooses you. And that's your sort of destiny. And the blade has like an anima to it as well. Like the blade has uh, its own spirit that it wants to do its task. Right. Um, um, 
so so that's the flashback flashbacks done yeah finally um, <laughs> then finally, i'm like thank god where am i <laughs> <laughs> you have and now i have retrograde amnesia yeah um so our warriors three get their own magic weapons right. and do some little training with them and show them off in a little montage like power ranger style um and then they wake up in the forest having you know been been granted these divine weapons I don't think they get the the Power Rangers montage for them. I think that's only Lubu and Zhao Zhao. Maybe. I might I might be wrong. I thought but we I got remember... like a few quick like huh, 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 as they were like waiting. Maybe. Like, before, you might, you might be up. right. I don't know. I, I remember it, being frustrated that there wasn't something like that. Okay. Well, I'm not fully confident. <laughs> so <laughs> You're still suffering from the amnesia from yes. the flashback. Yeah. There's a lot that happens in this movie. Right, we get a we get a brief cut to Zhao Zhao. He's now with his dad and where wherever palace or province or wherever they hold domain. And he's like, you know, I tried to kill Dong by myself. That was a dumb idea. Let's raise an army to kill one guy. That's a much better idea. Um, so they're gonna do that. The uh, three brothers uh, continue to travel to Hero's Peak. Um, where all the rebel forces are collecting together. Um, there is a meeting of the 18 emperors, uh, warlords, they call warlords. Okay. Yeah. Um, and this big kind of set that I'm sure someone was very proud of. It's like <laughs> inside the mouth of this like mountainous cave. And there's like a weird, like stalagmite map carved yeah. into the ground and they all stand on like a day or a pedestal it's uh very fancy very fancy very fancy um i would like to point out here we mentioned it already but like if you showed up not only carrying a heavenly weapon but you know you're fully armored you're you don't look like trashy peasant people this trio of heroes who show up um they get to the gate and they're like, we also have an invitation carved in wood. It's like this very fancy invitation and they show it to the guard and he's like, you guys come on. <laughs> You're not anyone special. <laughs> it's like, why? I, I want, I get that the movie wants us to establish these as the like, you know, I mean, it, it, it wants to reinforce what it's already established that these are the, 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 the peasant heroes rising up into a, a much grander, scheme of things uh i never feel it i I feel like it's always told not shown you know yeah like they never come across as being downtrodden they they're superheroes from the first time we see them and uh and then this guy this guard who is a nobody is like giving them shit at the door and then is it zhao zhao who lets them in is that who lets them in okay yeah zhao zhao shows up behind him he's like let them in like like I can I can speak for them, even though he's never met them. Yeah, like but on he's screen, heard so. about them, I guess. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Um. So they have this meeting. They do the same exact thing. The eighteen warlords do the same exact thing yes. to the three brothers. They do up it there. again. <laughs> yeah, to really drive home the fact that no one respects these dudes. Um. Except, and I think like, except Zhao Zhao, right? Isn't he the one who's like? that's the spirit of a warrior somebody in that room it yeah. is very hard to keep track of characters because a lot of names have overlap like there's a lot of lu's in different spellings but they're all pronounced as lu and there's a right. few zhangs and a few like i had a lot of trouble with that but i think it's yeah, Zhao Zhao. Ab- 
because yeah, I kind of the- abandoned the the new warlords that they introduced here because <laughs> like they definitely see like like the important ones like they literally call some for next movie I'm sure if they do another movie yeah and like the important ones will learn their names then um, yeah 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 which that that is a big thing here is it does feel like they introduce them all I either because they're all in the game or because they will have a scene in another movie that they want to establish them as existing right. here. Um, but pretty they sure introduce it's them like, 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 you know, again, like kind of a game of Thrones style where it's like, there's a, like, uh, you know, a, a caller and he's introducing all the, yeah. all the warlords and they all have like battle standards and they all, all their names are like, you know, they, they're introduced by their last name and whatever. And they like, they all have like, it's like, 10,000 troops, 20,000 right. troops. Yeah, all their numbers. Um, which is them forming this alliance that has enough to actually challenge uh, Dong and Lubu. Um, I guess. I mean, technically, Lubu could kill them all. But <laughs> <laughs> um, So they're going to have this. They're going to do these battles. They're, they're talking about, like, you know, battle strategies and how it's like there's only one way from Hero's Peak to the capital. Um and so they have to go through this one one like single area um uh and then we and then on the other side dong is talking about who to send out to lead the forces to engage with them and lubu is like oh i'll do it yeah i'll do it i'll, t- I'll take care of it i'll be i'll be back by lunch like just let me let me do it and someone else is like send my guy uh hua Zhang. he'll do it um and i guess like to placate this guy, all Dong's right, like, okay. we'll give you a chance. Yeah, yeah. but so we we had a whole conversation about this too when I messaged you during watching because the thing he says to Lu Bu still doesn't make sense to me, and it bothers me so much. Lu Bu is like, "I'll take care of it in no time," and he's like, "You don't use a butcher's knife to cut off a chicken's head or something uh, like that." Right, right, right. And it's like, yeah, you do. You could. It's a good tool for that job. <laughs> I got the metaphor. The metaphor being like it's overkill. But it isn't. <laughs> but not. I think it is. Yeah. Because like when you kill a chicken, you pick it up by its head and then like you slit its throat. No, you like, don't do that. So you I thought you let it bleed out. Well, you I, I mean, I'm pretty sure you're supposed to sever the head entirely. You break the neck and then you cut it. So I guess mm. you could say that. You could you could you could say that you don't need to chop off its head, but if you chop off its head, it's going to get the job done. And here's our new podcast, how to slaughter your <laughs> livestock. You're right. <laughs> two, <laughs> two, you know, well-trained butchers here. Yeah. I, I, the point is you don't want that animal to suffer and you are going to have to bleed it out. So why not cut off its head? Uh-huh. Stupid guy. You know what? He's, <laughs> he, he's a stupid guy and he deserves what he gets. I've said it. <laughs> <gasps> wow wow can't believe you're so mean you, you wish death upon this fictional character um so Hua he's Zhang, a real historical figure <laughs> well he's been dead for yeah and he deserves over it. 1500 years yeah God damn it. exactly <laughs> even if he no nick even if he didn't die in battle he would still be dead yeah exactly because <laughs> he's an idiot uh yeah he died <laughs> he's an idiot dying from natural death yeah he didn't know how to um, eat chicken <laughs> but that that keeps you alive forever everyone knows this <laughs> um so 
So Hua Zhang leads these forces to the hero's peak. And then what transpires is the funniest fucking <laughs> part of this whole movie to me, where the 18 warlords plus the three warriors keep sending people out mm-hmm. to fight Hua Zhang. Because like, they're not going to have a full scale battle. They're just like sending out guys to challenge him and yeah, like this you know, weird as like, is polite in the art of war <laughs> yes exactly um and Hua Zhang using his miniature buster sword uh keeps decapitating every person they throw at him and then batting their head back into the the war room that they're watching from that's like up in a mountain range yeah. that like we see a tracking shot later is pretty far away quite <laughs> um so he is fucking like batting a hundred shooting these things like way outside the the outfield um and that's pretty funny <laughs> <laughs> yes dylan <laughs> yes it is <laughs> i thought that was a pretty good goof because they keep seeing heads land in the war room they're like huh well even, right, who wants to go next even better is like when they do finally get him <laughs> like the way that they just handle all of it is so silly um so they they end up uh please help me with the name of the the wispy bearded fellow yes um uh guan yu guan yu is like i can do this like you know send me in and uh put me in coach yeah um and they agree they're they're going to let him do it does he so oh maybe i need your help again <laughs> uh lay lay boo lay libu libu uh lube lube uh <clears throat> lubega mambo number fives his way into the war room <laughs> And he says, all right, send my boy. He's good. He's going to take care of this. And they're like, well, we, we have fucked up a lot and we don't know this peasant. I guess we could. And so they put him out there. He stands in front of the uh, the big warrior with his buster sword, like you said. And he's like, who are you? You're a nobody. I'm not even interested. But they uh, they go into the fight. <laughs> We're brothers. <laughs> We're brothers. Um and the best part about this fight is he pulls a uh, um, a Dread Pirate Roberts, you know, Princess Bride kind of thing <laughs> with the I'm not even left handed uh, uh-huh. because they go like they go three rounds in the fight, like evenly matched perfectly, like, you know, ni- neither of them getting a strike on the other. And he's like uh, the the enemy, you know, opposition guy, the evil guy. Well, evil, quote unquote, the, the guy serving Dong is like i've never i never <laughs> expected a nobody like you to be so good how are you how are you so skilled <laughs> talking complete and utter trash guan uh, uh fuck i'm so bad at names guan you guan you is like well i always let my lesser opponents win for the first three rounds <laughs> and then i step it up and then he pulls crazy shit with like wind whipping and uh and spinning and flying around and knocks this dude into a like uh like a backwards pose where he's like bent at the knee and leaned back and then slices the guy's head off with a, like a a blade of air launches it into the air kicks up and like flies up 50 feet to catch <laughs> the head in the air because yeah. he doesn't want that to get away <laughs> he can't just wait for it to fall and pick it up it is the most no, i don't re- want to get dirty yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> most ridiculous shit and i loved every moment of that fight <laughs> that there, is, it's probably my yeah. favorite one in the movie on top of the bollywood special effects there's also a lot of good wire effects yeah. everywhere just like people like jumping up into the air like mantis pose like holding mm-hmm. that for like way too long or like well, a yeah, guy getting you say bollywood but it really is like chinese cinema has been doing this for forever sure sure sure. so it's i mean bollywood strictly in the in the uh cgi mostly sure because of the later yeah m- more recent bollywood action films have been doing that a lot yeah but yeah i, I feel like this is a very china film like it, it feels okay. like it's origin you know <laughs> Um, like there's one scene where it's like a guy was on a horse and he gets like kicked off the horse or kicked by a horse and they just like pull him with a wire, like (laughs) 20 feet. It's so good under the truck. Yeah. He like rides the horse under. Is that you talking about that? Are you talking about in this movie? Which one are you talking about? Oh, I thought you were talking about the like very famous Bollywood action movie. Oh no. Where the guy, the guy is, is chasing a car with a horse and he's like he sees that a truck is crossing the intersection and he knows he's not going to to be able to keep up so he like pulls his horse's reins into a drift the horse topples over to its side and and like glides across the ground <laughs> un- like a motorcycle <laughs> like a motorcycle under the truck and then he like hitches the reins and the horse stands up and keeps running <laughs> it's the most amazing thing ever um, no. no this is just a simple someone got like hit with the back two hooves of a, of a horse and then just gets gotcha with a wire on him just pulled yeah 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 that's good stuff too uh they they don't do quite as ridiculous i guess like (laughs) implausible oh well i don't know it is all implausible i don't know what i'm saying let's move on (laughs) so they defeat this guy the rest of the troops scatter um which is really weird when you have like ten thousand troops at your back and you see warlord fall it's like we could probably take them there's a lot of us (laughs) um but they run and uh we then all right we got let's run through the rest of this really quick yeah, all right absolutely. so we get a we get a couple of cuts here uh one lubu this movie is really interested in just kind of making everyone three di- three dimensional which i respect like it might not be the most graceful way um yeah. but like there's a scene where lubu prevents a woman from killing herself yeah um and he he asks her why he was going to, why she was going to do that um and she says oh i i was you know i'm in an arranged marriage and the man i'm i'm planning to marry is like this terrible person i don't want to marry him um we find out later that person is dong mm-hmm. um and but but lubu doesn't know that so he like gives her a medallion like a wood medallion that has his name on it um his family name on it and he goes you know now you are betrothed to me or which is whatever like uh cool how about give me some choice in the matter <laughs> um i yeah no, no no i'm a i'm a noble guy i'm doing the right thing i i think this movie really suffers having so many characters and trying to establish some you know some stuff for all of them because uh, historically it seems at least this character who is unnamed in in real history so she's just a fictionally named character um mm-hmm but but may have been a real historical person who just doesn't get named in any of the histories. Uh, Dao Chan is what she's named in this. Yeah. She 
presumably had an ongoing romance with Lu Bu, and it wasn't just like a "well, you're my wife now" <laughs> moment. Um, although who knows? Um, and, but they just don't have time to go into that, so they're just like, "We got to get that has to happen in one scene because it will be important later in the grand history of this, you know, whole thing." Um, so it 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 feels super rushed i was really bothered by it i was like it just <laughs> he's just demanding that she be his and she's like yeah i guess so um and then uh what else happens here um they there's just there's a there's a brief sparring scene between lubei and xiao xiao and like a mountain <laughs> where they're like <laughs> jumping crouching tiger hidden dragon style over <laughs> like rocks and flipping over each other yeah. and stuff and it's like so obvious the metaphor they're going for because Lu Bei is dressed in all white mm-hmm. and then Zhao Zhao is dressed in all black. It's like, all right, I get it. Like good and evil, yin yang, like, okay. Um and then we have the final battle plan. So um they're doing like this two pronged approach. The three brothers are going to take some forces to engage with Lu Bu. Um, because you know, at this point everyone knows how powerful Lu Bu is. Um and you don't pursue him. We all know this. Right. Uh, they are so up and up on their memes. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> they're 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 on they're on know you meme. They're they're looking up all this stuff. Um these muso heads, they muso heads. That sounds like so, inflammatory. It doesn't <laughs> I don't know about that. So they're they're going uh to this one city where Lubu is going to going to be. Um uh meanwhile the other forces are going to go to the capital and try to get dong while dong is playing on retreating and making this other city the new capital uh to avoid you know dying yeah good call um yeah so uh the three brothers wind up at uh this this what do they call it it's like some sort of pass because there's like this giant bridge that overlooks it like a huge ravine yeah they did have a name for it over and over again it's a big mountain pass and like i know it came up earlier when they were talking about like oh that guy's the biggest naval commander in all of the empire too bad we're going to be fighting in the mountains <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, i'll bring my ships yeah just it's scraping across <laughs> the mountainside. Well, you could probably get these superheroes to carry them up there. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, you know, with uh, Guan Yu defeating that guy, like their stature has raised. Yes. And the three brothers have become like warlords without any standing army. <laughs> They're just like, all right, you guys are, I guess, warlords for yourselves. Yeah. Specifically, it's given to. Lu Bei, and then they are like his subordinates. So it's really like an army of mm. two plus one commander. Um, sure, sure, sure. Because it, I played Advanced Wars, I can get away with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, they. So so we have this we have the standoff on the other side of this bridge. We have Lu Bu and his forces, and we have the three brothers and their forces. It's like wow, that's a lot of forces. They might all die to Lu Bu. You're putting a lot of people at risk. <laughs> yes. and then. What do we see? We see some Wizard of Oz shit happening. <laughs> so like the wind picks up and it starts blowing on 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 the standing armies and we find out like every other row of the three brothers soldiers are straw men. Yep. Trying to win a straw man argument is never yeah. never going to work uh-huh. out. Yeah. They should you know, know that from their <laughs> interneting. <laughs> 
You never start a straw man argument in Asia. Everyone knows this. (laughs) Um, so they're seeing that like, oh, they're not putting as many forces like to engage with this. Obviously, they're doing something else. Um, but Lubu starts his fight with the three brothers. And this is some ridiculous ass shit. Yeah. This is where I started to check out like on on <laughs> oh, it. Really? Well, <laughs> I probably checked out and in multiple times about this movie, to be honest. But specifically the action. We're still in the flashback. <laughs> yeah, oh, no. <laughs> I'm trapped there. Um, it's like the Phantom Zone. I'm like in a diamond floating through space. <laughs> I it, There's so much action that happens here. I mean, like their plan is clearly all thought out. They, they build these little like boxes of uh, combat zones yeah. that like trap a yeah. bunch of enemy soldiers in with one of the demigod heroes and they can right. kill them all. Um, and, uh, you know they're, they're they're having a real good fight, but so much like visual stimulus is thrown at me that I just can't even look at it after a while. So I I just it, it happens, but I don't know the context or the consequence of it. I don't know who right. was winning, who was losing. Um, all I know is that it ultimately gets down to Lu Bu and these warriors standing off in like a cleft in the earth, <laughs> like some kind of deep ravine or, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Cause Lubu like destroys the bridge and they all fall down it. And then they just start like flying like Superman. Yeah. Why not? Like, <laughs> like uh, down the river that's at the bottom of the ravine. Um, I also got again, Western fantasy reference. I also got some, uh, Gandalf fighting the Balrog yeah. vibes from this yeah. when they're like falling. It's like all mountainous and they're kind of like spinning out of control and kind of like flailing around. Um, and then they kind of like regain their composure and like fly after him. And then they're like surfing on the rocks, I think at some point and they're like throwing different elemental attacks with their, with their weapons. Like I think Lube has like water mm-hmm. and I think Guan Yu has fire and, and, the last one has air and they're fighting the thunder god lubu um and they're like getting their asses handed to them and then they remember what castle lady said and she was like you know your weapons are powered by the blood of those you defeat and they're like oh but what if it's what if it's our own blood i really thought they were gonna kill one of themselves in this like just like all right guan yu you've had your yeah. your arc it's time to just stab our weapons into you and drink all your blood well, and he ta- and he talks like that because he's yeah. like lu bei like i have been i was nothing i was a i was a criminal i was a a petty criminal that was despised before you found me and and look where i am now um so i thought he was gonna like self-sacrifice so they could like drink up his yummy yummy blood for yeah, their weapons yum, yum my weapon likey <laughs> but instead they all slash themselves in like the weirdest ways yes yes (laughs) so guan yu goes first he takes his giant spear and like slices it across his chest we have to talk about how he stands up first and flexes his shirt off and it like explodes (laughs) which granted he has fire powers i'm with that but like he just like flexes (laughs) it just explodes his shirt off and then yeah he takes the head of his halberd and like pushes it into his chest and and cuts that way which is like out of all the ways to like self-lacerate like that's probably like okay like this isn't going to like it's going to be painful but it's not the most impeding and then Lu Bei stands up and he takes both of his swords and just stabs them into like right above his hip bone 
Yeah, while just holding like, the blade. So he's getting a lot of blood in there. He's getting hip blood and hand blood. Oh, I thought he was holding the the, the handles. <laughs> no, no, no. You can it like zooms in at one point. You see blood trickling out of his palms. Oh. So he's yeah. not only fucking up his hips, but also his grip for the rest of the fight. <laughs> right. But then uh, Zhang Fei just goes all the way with, let me injure the one part that I might need when it comes to martial combat and like making well, the same. You know, yeah. Yeah, and just he has like a curved spear. Does this have a name? This type of weapon? Well, it's like a yes, it has a name, <laughs> but it is. Do you it's know like a the type, name? I don't. It's a, like a type of halberd, though, right? Like it's a it's, it's a another arm. spear. Yeah, yeah, it's a pole arm with a curved end. So it's right. it's a type of. They're they're all um, very. So he runs his hand across the length of the blade and just slices down it. And I'm like, if you can get the blood from anywhere, do not get it. Do not put it on a thing where you're constantly going to be holding something yeah. during a fight. Why is this? Don't do this. Well, don't worry, because it never causes any trouble. <laughs> None well, of their, their self-aggrandized, uh, self, self, oh my God, what word? Self-appointed wounds. I don't know. I'm looking for a different word there. Self-appointed wounds. I can't, I can't figure out what word. I I'm self-inflicted. Holy shit. I there forgot the word inflicted it's fine. forever. <laughs> this this, <laughs> this movie inflicted too much on you. It made yeah. you lose um, that word. But uh, self, I said self-aggrandized and self-appointed. Self-aggrandized <laughs> wounds. <laughs> All right. So they hurt themselves real good. And yep. they power up their weapons. Lube's excited because he's like, oh, shit, now it's on. And, uh, and the fight kicks up into bigger Super Saiyan mode. Um, but it's still not quite enough. He's nope. still just too strong for them. And the only thing that saves the day is we cut to Dong, who's like, hey, we got to get the fuck out of here. I need Lu Bu by my side. Like he, he's it's more important that Dong is safe than uh, that those guys are killed. So they light the like signal flares that make a smoke pillar that Lu Bu knows means it's time to come home. Also, his horse knows it means it's time to come home, which I think is the best at like positions above him on the ravine. Like, hey, it's time to go. Uh, you get starts honking the horn (laughs) 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 Um, but yeah um i do love that there's some good moments here at the start of the fight lubu tells uh guan yu he's like you're the one who killed insert name of other guy and guan yu's like and i'm about to do it to you too Uh, and like there's like this like respect because lubu's like all right a good fight i'm i'm here for it Mm -hmm. Um, ice cold motherfucker and then at the end of this fight lubu has clearly like met people who can challenge him for the first time so he's like hey don't die before we meet again (laughs) i want to do this again sometime this was fun thanks guys peace out (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) top for now yeah and he leaps out of the whole ravine that is like a mile down and onto his horse um and uh and they they head out of there and we also get uh, I thought this was a fun re- way to reveal this. Um, a little cut to Yao Chen in her carriage being taken along, you know, in the same path, I guess, as Dong Dong Zhao and his retreating army. Um, and her father is there or someone important in her life. And he's like, hey, I know you hate him, but don't worry, because once you marry him, you can finally kill Dong Zhao. <laughs> it's oh. like, whoa, cool. And she's like, yeah, and that's what I'm going to do. Um, so Lu, she, she didn't use her, I'm destined to be with Lu, or I'm, I'm uh, betrothed to be with Lu Bu thing. She's like, I'm going to go ahead and marry this fucker, and I'm going to stab him in the belly. Um, 
so that is that is forthcoming i guess we'll see who knows how well this movie did to justify making another one right right but interestingly um they they cut from that scene to several years later yes and don't establish whether or not she did kill that guy in those several years or if she's playing a long con (laughs) they mention either offhandedly or maybe there's another piece of text on the screen that dong is still like at large like he is still somewhere establishing he still has standing forces somewhere yeah okay so like then again my point remains that she try to kill him and fail or is she just waiting for her moment and in three years she hasn't been able to do it or whatever I feel um, like they gave enough screen time to Dong that they wouldn't kill him off screen like they did with that one guy. <laughs> but but even her attempt, I mean, like, why is sure, she waiting sure, sure, so sure. long to attempt it is what I'm getting at. Um, but yeah, so we come to a, a like little nice mountain lake area and a field next to it with war tents. And um, uh, Lu Bei is training his army. He now has um, because of his actions in helping push back um the forces of oh we, i i did skip over we also talk about how zhao zhao is happy that he didn't he like they said whoever is the first into the city to reclaim it will become some coveted position it's like uh, secretary of defense basically the yeah equivalent and they're that. like why didn't you go for it um you could have had it and he's like nah, i got bigger plans basically he's like eh, this, this is he what he says is oh it's all about us being united he, it's just a really weird thing he's like the reason that we're we're having so much trouble is because we're not united well maybe i should do my own thing which is like you mean add to the problem contribute to the existing problem you just declared um but it sounds like he's definitely got like bigger plans i mean we, we could guess that all along the way too but he wants he to does be this evil laugh almost like <laughs> yeah every other sentence yeah in yeah, the yeah back half of this movie where he's like ha <laughs> So he's got plans to be the emperor. So now we're at that several years later moment where he shows up to uh, Lu Bei's camp and he's like, well, the only people who I see being worthy of anything are you and me, Lu Bei. And I know you want to be emperor, but me too. So how are we going to resolve that? And Lu Bei's like, oh, no. two emperors. <laughs> Lu Bei's like, what? Eat you? No. Uh, <laughs> the, the, like mark Wahlberg thing uh that's that's a, that's one of those jokes where it didn't land <laughs> oh that's okay um, so um yeah lube is like no i serve the han no matter what and i'm not in this for personal gain and Zhao Zhao's like i i see it i know you just watch your back um and that's the end of our movie all yeah. all building up to further conflict in the story the- of the three kingdoms will continue in infinity war yes definitely um but it was in spite of my issues with how it resolved because i feel like it resolves with not a resolution you don't get sure you like like it, they didn't reconquer the kingdom they didn't kill the bad guys they just set up right. like well we're gonna have ongoing issues with all these people um but in spite of that, it was fun. It maybe was a little bit long. Maybe had a lot of unnecessary scenes that could have been <laughs> skipped over. Um, but overall, I had a good time. Yeah. Two hours is a pretty long runtime for the kind of movie this is. Yeah. So so is a nearly two-hour podcast talking about <laughs> this movie. Though. I don't know what you're talking about. What do you mean? We're coming under an hour 40 here. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah ultimately i liked it it was fun and dumb um and the the fights were silly and i was like oh like it there is there's something charming about seeing a a fight or action that's accurate to the video game yeah yeah like it was a video game movie and it wasn't ashamed of that and that's cool it wasn't trying to trick you into thinking it wasn't a video game movie which i'm glad we're we're moving past that era we're not there yet we're not out of it yet because we still have things like sonic <laughs> like you know they're they're still seemingly unash- uh, un- unconvinced that they should be about their source material um but i think we're moving in that direction in a good way i think i think it might be it might have helped that this is both an eastern uh yes, absolutely film and also it's based off a historical document where like you know the the i'm sorry the 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 monkey king um story that's been retold over and over again mm-hmm. um like it's something that like hey this is something we're just so intimately familiar with in our culture like you can you can you can tell it however you want you can mix it up and have fun with it and and we're okay with that whereas yeah like you said sonic or you know all these other video game movies to try to be dark and edgy and gritty yeah when sonic shot that baby that was too rough for that movie <laughs> we, should, we didn't talk about that enough on the podcast it went for that hard r like you know <laughs> yeah. sometimes red band trailer sonic i wasn't expecting it um but yeah ultimately i liked it i give this this thumbs up yeah thumb, thumb this up yeah if you i mean certainly if you're a fan of the games this is worth watching um, if you have netflix it's on there so might as well if you have netflix it's on there <laughs> that's what a review hey <laughs> if you've got netflix why not <laughs> hey you know how many movies i've watched on netflix just because it's there so hey why not absolutely yeah i don't have a clever blank out of blank for this one and i'm just gonna say i'm done with that <laughs> that that bit has gone too long in the two oh, really yeah you don't, you don't have four lose out of ten booze oh my god you've done it you've done it (laughs) um is that a little low on the lose is that it is a little low i would actually probably bump it up to at least six lose yeah that's that feels right yeah which is high praise for a video game movie this is a mambo number six good 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 well nick are you ready for another new release oh my god another one oh no (laughs) yeah what do we got coming on our I mean, next episode? Like, I don't care what your answer is. It's going to happen. I know. I don't even know why I, I let you think you even have a choice in that matter. Because if I feign enthusiasm, it sounds like <laughs> this is a willing experience. <laughs> what do we got ahead of us? Next up, we got a new film from the fine folks at Ubisoft. We got everyone's favorite VR whodunit game. Yeah, everybody knows the VR whodunit game <laughs> genre. Yeah, Werewolves Within. It's getting, it's got a movie that that's already come out. Came out day after the Dynasty Wars. We really, it's really a, a Christmas game early, Christmas in July for us. Well, that sounds like a howling good time. <laughs>